Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For Love of Bombograd Podcast with Neil and Paddy again, your two Irish villains. Hopefully we're going to bring you some uh, some suiting and some, um, I suppose, some, some crystal ball stuff as we look towards some transfer targets and some transfer names that have been mentioned uh, in, in good, uh, I suppose, in good stead with Aston Villa over the weekend. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to talk, I suppose, about, you know, people power. We're we'll talk about uh, the the power of of the nation, the power of what Ian Wright says, what uh, a lot of different sports pundits say, and I suppose what myself and, and Paddy said in our last podcast, and in Jack Grealish. But before we do that, Paddy, how are you doing today? Good, Neil. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm over the moon for Jack getting his getting his calls. It it also um, knocks on the head any chance that Ireland had. I think at this stage. So uh, I think that's an end. We can draw a line under that as well. So, um, and like as I said last week, I was bitterly disappointed for him. I'm sure he's disappointed to be only third or fourth choice at this stage. But I do think that they'll um, they'll get him in there and they'll tie him down now in a competitive international. And he, I I think he'll be there once he gets in. He'll be there for for many many years. Yeah, and, and you know it's it's one of those cases. He couldn't come back to to. Uh... Ireland anyway, but I think we were we all lived in hope that potentially that <laughs> uh, that he wouldn't get picked and the FIFA would come up with some harebrained scheme uh, because of what they are thinking about bringing in is crazy. Um, and essentially, if anything, the whole Declan Rice saga having played three times for Ireland and then changing to play with uh, play with uh, England uh, should have been a detractor for this. But it said what they've done is they've they're talking about making it the normality as opposed to the outlier. Uh, which to me doesn't make much sense, but uh, that's for a completely different podcast. But yeah, I'm happy for Jack Grealish. You know, there was a lot of outcry and outrage from a lot of pundits and fans alike. Um, this, the, the almost traditional Twitter meltdown from from us Villa fans um, that happens whenever we feel that we've been abridged or been um, agree, aggrieved within within the, I suppose, the, the, esh, the upper echelons of football. Uh, happened and uh, now we have a 
you know, we have gotten what we want, Jack Grealish. Although it was at the third time of asking that Southgate decided that, yeah, literally, I can't continue to overlook him again. Um, yeah. I, I, I think, like, even further backlash. Obviously, we spoke in our last podcast about Grealish being, you know, number one in chances created and all this, all these great statistics. But then he has the chance to bring him in when, Mar- when Marcus Rashford pulls out. And he brings in Ashley Maitland-Niles and he brings in Connor Cody. And, like, neither of those two are anywhere near productive um, by any metric, by any analytic standard. They but maybe Connor Cody does we kind of I, I kind of keep him on his own I think that's potentially a, uh, something that Southgate is going to try playing three at the back and maybe playing Connor Cody in the middle of, of a tree and seeing what way it goes I think that's an experimental thing and that's fine absolutely zero problem with Connor Cody but actually making a Niles made no sense considering he's right back slash right winger slash central midfielder doesn't play anywhere near the left where um where Rashford was going to play and it seemed like it was just the two fingers up to Jack Grealish and you know, that was that's basically what, what everybody else saw it for more than anything else. But uh, you know, as as the worm has turned now and Jack Grealish is in there, it'll be interesting to see if he does get any game time. And what do you think, Paddy? I, I, I don't know. I, I I tend to lean towards that he won't get any game time. Um and that, yeah, you know, that we'll, we'll still be talking about this afterwards. I think so. Um but it, like I mean it is it is a bit disappointing to look at um, what he brought in and overlooked Jack you know it could have been the rock that he perished on if they if they'd had a bad performance against Iceland which they have in the past and Denmark are no pushovers either so who knows what, what his thoughts are whether he puts Jack on I'd say we probably need to be 2 or 3-0 up or, or they should be 2 or 3-0 up um, by the time that happens I can't imagine him getting a start unless they're absolutely riddled with injuries in the meantime um, but uh, uh, look, it's, it's it's a closed book now. I'm sure he'll he'll pick up a few minutes, if not on this one, may, maybe on on the next round of of games in October, November, whatever it is. Um, and I suppose it's a chapter closed now. He's he's picked he's picked for England. Um, happy for him as as a player because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. As as I said, as my father would have said to me at this stage, if if I was in this situation, now granted, it probably would be being picked from my C team at home, like the third string team. He would have said, "Do you know what? Go out there, play your player heart off, even in the training field, and don't make it a will he won't he situation anymore. Yeah. Take the decision out of his hands. Put in the put in the training, put in the effort in training. If you get five minutes at the end, take your five minutes of glory. Don't do anything silly and don't have it as uh, don't give him a decision to make again in the future. And look, if you like, we know Jack will do that. We know that he's and we are hometown fans. Look, we have to say this. We're looking at this guy as the best the best kid that that Villa have produced since probably since. Probably Brian Little, mm. you know. Like if we if we were to go back that far, yeah. Um, well, I I think um, it was around 2011 that I first heard about Jack Grealish um, playing. If not under age for Ireland, he had already told them he was going to come and play. Um, <clears throat> I suppose he would have been in 2011, maybe under 16. So yeah, he was probably playing at that stage. And um, I remember talking to one of the head coaches in the FAI and he said that this guy was the real deal he was the one the best young talent he'd ever seen in his life come coming through in an Ireland setup but even at that stage they were they were worried about whether he would mm-hmm. have his head torn by England but look 
it, it is what it is now. It's, uh, he deserves to be playing international football for the last three years. Um, as a player, what he can do, what a leader he can be. Um, and, you know, the, the stats that we went through last week or you went through last week, you know, it just begs belief that he wasn't picked in the first squad, but he's there now. So fingers crossed he can get a run out for himself. Yeah, and I've I've always wanted to see, uh, you know, Ireland, Ireland's uh, former player of the year, uh, international player of the year, and Ireland's former uh, under-21 player of the year playing the same team together. Just unfortunately, they, they won't be in the Irish team. Himself and Declan Rice going to be lining up alongside each other. But uh, as we say, it will be uh, for their, their countries of birth as opposed to their, yeah. their naturalised countries, I think, as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's a pity, it's a pity a from, from an Irish point of view. <laughs> If you can imagine, you know, what what small pool we have to choose from for two players like that to be mm. taken away from us. So I think they would be generational players. Without, yeah. they, they, like the two of them could probably leapfrog any player that's ever played for Ireland, like if they had played. But then again, look, you know, we're probably going to hyperbole here and, and so on. And maybe showing that, uh, showing up that, uh, and once again, there's another podcast in this whole podcast and this as well the ineptitude of the development of players within ireland and the fai and stuff and so yeah. on and so forth but look we won't we say, won't do any irish international uh <laughs> podcast so we lose a lot of listeners <laughs> <laughs> well uh, some people seem to like our Roy Keane slander so we might keep that up from time to time <laughs> I've gotten a few messages on Twitter about that. Uh, so we might keep that up. But um, yeah, look, as I say, uh, Jack's done his bit. Um, couldn't, realistically, couldn't do any more uh, to keep us in the league last year. Well, he could have. He could have scored 40 goals. But like, you know, if he could score 40 goals, we would have been in Europe. So couldn't have done any more considering where we were in the league, considering the, you know, the slow start we had, the bridge season that we had. And, and he deserves he deserves recognition on the international stage. And I, for one, will watch both of those games in the hope that he gets off the bench because it's not been uncommon that you know that a player has come in maybe on the third or fourth time of asking after players have withdrawn and next thing they've gotten the last 10-15 minutes and made a name mm. for themselves and just Towns, Townsend springs to mind and I know he didn't have longevity in the English national team but uh, he springs to mind where he was called up after I think there was a couple of people withdrew and then he became a, a favourite for a short period of time so you know not to say I know I started off saying this that I don't think Grealish will get any time I don't think he's, I, I think he may get some time um based on his own performance, if he does, goes in there and, and plays his heart out, which I think he absolutely will do. Um, I think so the most important, from my point of view now, is, is that he comes back um, without any injuries and yeah. is, is in good form going into the new season. And, you know, as we said in the last project, we're, we're Irish. <laughs> what he does for England is great for him and I'm delighted for him. But yeah. I, just, I just want him to come back um, fit and healthy and, and ready to go for the new season. And, with a new impetus and a spring in a step after playing for hopefully getting a, a bit of run out for England. So um, we might see a rejuvenated Jack Grealish. And I suppose the most important thing now is that we can persuade him to stay this season. Yeah, uh, Edward, Ed Woodward, if you're listening, it's gone up to triple digits now. It's going to be 100 million, <laughs> especially if he gets yeah. on the field over the, over the course of the next few days. It's gone up to over 100 million. Um, so, yeah. yeah. We have Still a history both. of losing players just after they make their English debut yeah. so um, I'm hoping Jack isn't going to be one of those but time the will tell 
the dreaded get your head turned. Now, with Steve, there was a lot of players like that that were uh, were very good at that in uh, in previous English camps. Um, I don't know. I just don't see that there's a massive leaders leaders in the in this English team that have that kind of aura and charisma. I think they're more of a sum of their parts. Um, so anyway, look, that once again, Jesus, we've got three other podcasts we could do there and, <laughs> and add three controversial ones, but we won't get into those. Um, we mentioned previously, or I mentioned previously at the start as well, that there looks to be some movement. The door is slightly ajar at the moment. The transfer window is um, beginning to to kind of blow open in the winds of change around Villa Park. Um, I'm happy with that analogy, actually. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we've seen today that uh, it looks like Matty Cash will be uh, making his way um, across the Midlands. Across the Midlands? I'm right in saying Nottingham Forest or East, East Midlands? East yeah. Yeah, West Midlands, yeah, yeah. Across the Midlands to um, to Aston Villa. Mm. Uh, very, very highly thought of. I've got one or two uh, Forest mates and um, they've been, I've chatted to them and they've said that, look, he's, he's the real deal. Um, and funnily enough, they mentioned to me that yes, he has been playing right back, but he's always been seen as a central as a central midfielder for uh, for Nottingham Forest. So that to me uh, has has me very hopeful for this. That if you remember, I, my one of my abiding memories of Stephen Gerrard, and I'm not saying that this guy is going to go on to be like Stephen Gerrard, but he could. But he one of my abiding memories of him was he started off. He started his career. He had Liverpool were stuck for a right back. He played right back at the start of his career. They they actually used to inter, interchange between himself and David Thompson as well, another former um, former uh, Liverpool player as well. And they, the two of them kind of broke on the scene in around the same time. They used to interchange at right back, and then they moved on towards play midfield and so on. So it's not alien that something like that could happen. But Maddie Cash seemed to seemed to have been playing from an Adam Forrest point of view, right back because they needed somebody with his dynam- dynamic kind of dynamism, I think the word is, um, to play it right back. And that's what Sabri Mucci wanted, uh, wanted in his fullbacks. And that's why he was pushed back there, not because he was seen as a right back, but he was a footballer that could play it right back and could do a job there. And, and, he, and he, oh, he excelled in it. So um, 15 million. All in all, seems to be the package that they're talking about. I think it's something along the lines of 12 up front and three in add-ons, including English appearances and all that kind of crack. But, um, you know, you hear everything and anything from... um, we hear everything and anything from um, from from the I suppose from the Twitter sphere as well with regards to the breakdown of contracts. But realistically, yeah. only the people who are who are uh, negotiating those will know those. But uh, do you know anything yourself about Maddie Cash, uh, Paddy? Is it does it excite you? Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying as it, it excites me now because it's not a position that we're you know short of players in. Um. I fear bringing him in will we'll see the end of, of Elmo and another um, older head in the dressing room, which I think is important. Um, he's obviously going to be the one that will miss out and move on. Um, I can't see it being Gilbert. So, um, well, I'm all for it. And, you know, um, the only thing that um, it's a staggering amount of money. That's just, mm. you know, when you look at what Spurs have just played for Matt Doherty. Yeah. You know, and put that in context, I think they're getting a proven Premier League player for the same amount of money. And it's 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 staggering that, you know, that we're we're going to the championship for a player of the same money. You know, that that just obviously there's released clauses and everything with, with the likes of Matt Doherty, but uh plus we're not at the upper echelons of the league to be able to 
attract them there. But um, you know, hopefully in a year or two we'll be making signings like that as opposed to going looking in the championship. And not that I, not that I've anything against Matty Cash. What I, what I've seen of him, he seems like a, a, a decent player. Um, Forest, I don't know how they haven't pushed on and looked at you know getting into automatic promotion with the players they've had. You know, the likes of himself and Joe Lally. Um, you like Lewis grabbing there, scoring a lot of goals. So, um, they are a decent side. They're they're good to watch. Um, I say I don't know a lot about them other than that. But uh, look, we 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 need players in. We need we need backup. And I'm I'm just saying that it's probably Elmo that he's looking at coming to the end of his his time at Aston Villa. And you you said something there as well I, I'm I'm all for the Matty Cash signing I've seen him play a couple of times as I said I've yet to meet a Forest fan and and look I know once again we've just spoken we've waxed lyrically about Jack Grealish there about uh, about his you know he, the positives about him and so on and I'm yet to to speak to a Forest fan or read a Forest fan's uh, views on him that he's anything other than you know a great pro a great guy and the talent to, to beat the band Um. But when you did mention there, I asked you, were you excited about it? Uh, I kind of thought there for a moment that we've got Matty Cash and we'll come on to Ollie Watkins in a moment. And, and someone I forgot to mention to you in the in the rundown is Jonathan Swift as well from Reading, who Villa have reportedly had a £6 million bid rejected today for him. But it looks like they will go back in for him and that Reading are playing hardball over. They want closer to eight. Um, we could be in a situation whereby we spend 20 million on Ollie Watkins up to 25, 13 million on Matty Cash up to 15, and then we spend the bones of 10 million on Jordan Swift, and we could spend 50 million on three championship players. Whereas five years ago, 50 million could have got you, you name it. You know, you, you, rebuild your team. you yeah. rebuild your team from players from the continent and 15. Well, you maybe you wouldn't rebuild your team, but you get like two rapid strikers and, and, and maybe a good winger or two rapid wingers and a good striker for 50 million. And it just kind of shows you that even in co- post COVID times, that the financial aspect of the football sphere itself ain't slowing down. And it, it's not that people are desperate to sign these players from a point of view of nobody else will come to the club. It's that these clubs can now hold out because the financial bubble hasn't hit any of them. And COVID, like you get to a certain level, you become like COVID proof. They've become COVID like football is COVID proof. Does this? this mm. I think this. I think this proves it. That football is absolutely COVID. The sheer fact that there's nobody sitting in the stadium will tell you that, yeah. that it's COVID proof. You know. Yeah, and and on Jonathan Jonathan Swift as well, uh, because I didn't mention anything to, to you in the uh, in the rundown. Um, central midfielder, twenty five years of age, as I say, six million pound bid uh, rejected for him. Unbelievably creative force in the championship last year. Played basically everywhere uh, in in the midfield uh, in mm. midfield areas, predominantly as a central midfielder. Uh, and but the big thing for me is that Jonathan Swift played well in every position he played played in last year. You know, he played a bit as a central as a a deep line playmaker in the kind of defensive midfielder role. Played attacking midfielder slightly, and and, and they pushed him out to the right once or twice. But predominantly, he played in uh, in that central midfielder uh, midfielder role. 
He's uh, it's a decent height, as I say. I kind of want a small bit of height in the team. He's in around five eleven to six foot, so he, he I, I I'm sacrificing that. But he he seems to be very very uh, creative uh, from that point of view, and and bringing in somebody like that, you know, could that could be method to the madness. I saw a statistic from him about a week and a half ago, uh, which kind of I don't know whether it enthused me or concerned me, but. If I'm not mistaken, Reading had, I can't remember who their two managers were last year, but they did have two managers last year, apparently, and he was uh, by far and away more creative with the second manager than they had, than the first manager that they had. So my thought process in there was, is he a system player? Is this something whereby he just found a system that he likes and that he can play in? And then I went... Neil, you're looking at a piece of paper and you're looking at somebody's graph. You don't know the context behind it and you've only seen him play about seven games of football. So what the yeah. fuck do you know? <laughs> so, but he, he complete, completely came out of left field because there was no there was no discussion or like I would consider myself quite knowledgeable about the championship. He completely went under my radar. So I, I, I other, other than what I read online, I can't really offer an awful lot about him. Um if he's a Dean Smith signing, I'm happy enough because I'm happy enough to back him now and we have him there and he's there for the season. So um again, it's not a it's not a done deal. So there's a little bit of um trepidation there. You're just like, oh well, if it happens, it happens. Um it wasn't mentioned the whole pile. I think you know, I think you've got to look at um Watkins being probably Cash looks like it's done. Watkins looks like the door is open now that they've signed the guy Tony or Tony from mm-hmm. Peterborough. So he's on his way out. Um, so like as we said last year or last week, it, it, the the merry-go-round is what starts it. So we we'll have Watkins if we if we sign Paddy Cash. You know it'll be the end for someone at right back. So, um. You know, just just thinking there, the figures that you're you're bandying around there, we're gonna spend close enough to, or if not more than what we did last season. You know, if we're gonna be competitive, because that's that's the way it looks. If, if like if he's bringing in, I would consider these two players, you know, Matty Cash and Swift, wouldn't be exactly what we need. So when he starts getting into the nuts and bolts of bringing in wingers. Strikers, it's it's going to go into uh, it's going to go over 100 million very very quickly. I I don't really have a problem with that with uh, with it going over 100 million or 100 million or whatever. I think that we have set the standard for teams that are coming up now. Uh, it was doing a Fulham. Leeds spent yeah. 30 million on, on Rodrigo. Leeds spent 20 million on Robin Koch. Leeds look like they're going to spend another. Jesus, can't remember what his name is, but they look like they're going to spend another twenty million. So Leeds would be up to would be up to seventy million. And nobody's uh, asking the question: Are Leeds doing a Fulham? Yeah, and I've got a good no. mate who's a Leeds fan, and I I just said to him, I goes, it looks like you're going to do a Villa next year. It means you're going to stay, <laughs> you're going to spend a lot of money and stay up, you know. And and uh, long gone are the days. Like it's not a taboo thing, and this is very much this is very much a problem. Um, in reporting and so on, I think with with regards to football, it's the new people to the table are always kind of everyone's looking at looking them up and down and going, oh, what are you bringing? What are you? Are, you know, are you worthy of being here? Uh, your new money, um, 
you know, look at you spending all the money. What are you hiding? You know, what's the problem with you? Are you going to upset the apple cart? And yeah. you know, it's the same. It's look, but once again, Jesus, I'm going to get a, a, a going to. I got to straddle lines of politics once again, but you look at it in political terms, you look at it in, in fashion terms, you look at it in, in lifestyle terms, everything is the same. A change of trend, uh, people don't like sometimes change is, is, isn't well received. And when you've got these teams coming up, which is pretty strange when you look at Fulham, Villa, Leeds come up and spend their money, and you look at teams kind of looking at them side eyed, considering that they're three pretty historic teams like Fulham have been in the Premier League quite a lot. Villa obviously have been in the Premier League more more than most teams and Leeds deserve for the stature of the club to be in the Premier League. And we're talking about Matty Cash. If Nottingham Forest come up and they spell like drunken sailors, I think they'll get a pass as well. Just like, look, okay. Leeds are going to get a pass, pass too because everybody wanted Leeds in the Premier League too. So there won't be the same questions of are they doing a Villa or are they doing a Fulham? Whereas when Fulham come up, they're a small team in London. Like they're a small team of stature in London, but they've got tons and tons of history and they've got tons and tons of uh, of experience playing in the Premier League. Villa come up, I think a lot of people don't like Jack Grealish really. And I think that that's why, um, that's, and, and that's why they, they, they kind of had a crack off Villa. But, you know, what I'm getting at, and I've kind of gone really in a roundabout, roundabout version there, you said we're going to spend 100 million plus. I think we're going to spend 100 million plus, and I think we need to, because I think that if you're going to close the gap on the middling teams quickly, you need to do it now because we're in a completely different world. And it goes right back to my, to my previous point that football is COVID-proof. We now need to spend more money than we ever needed to spend on players in, from lower divisions. So it's, it, it's, it's all cyclical, I think, is what it is. Um, my fingers were doing a small bit of typing there as I, as, as I was talking and a little nugget there as well that Ollie Watkins, Brentford, previously played for uh, Dean Smith. Jonathan Swift, 2015-2017, Brentford, previously played under Dean Smith. You know? Yeah. That's and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I actually think it's not, I think it's a good thing to solidify in the league in a short season where there's going to be less of a of, of an installation for game plans and schemes and so on like that, getting in players that know you already and that know your stuff that know are young system. and that can yeah. kick on. You know, I, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think I think mm-hmm. I, like as I say, I'd prefer us to build a team than to build a brand at the moment. You know, if we, yeah. we I know I'm coming I'm coming across a little bit negative and I don't mean to be because <laughs> I'm a little bit apprehensive because I know where we need, in my opinion, where we need to, to strengthen. And, um, you know, and I hope, I hope Watkins is done sooner rather than later because I think goal scorer is our first and foremost. And not just one, we, we, we need a couple. Um, we, we need to be able to, to rotate them and, and hopefully Wesley will come back better and yeah. stronger and, 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 be, and be, you know, probably lead the line. But... We we need people when we call upon them that can get on and win a game for us late on, or that can start a game if Wesley is underperforming or injured or whatever the case may be, and we need depth. So, you know, we need Watkins. We need another striker on on top of that, which is why I said we we're more than likely going to spend, you know, hundred million plus when you when you add into the fact that we need to buy wide players as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if we don't sell Jack. There might be a lot less spending, but um, I can't see anybody else likely to leave unless somebody comes in, like in the case of 
could be signing a right back and I would go. I'd say we'll probably sign a left back too. And I'd say Taylor might go. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's it's gone. It, you know, there's just so many weeks left. Yes, all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's two weeks to start the Premier League <laughs> season, and well, I know it's three weeks for three us. For us, yeah, yeah. So um, you'd like to see by the time the inter- international break finishes, um, that we we would have the bulk of our team there training yeah. together, playing a couple of friendlies, and uh, getting minutes under the belt together and uh, getting used to each other. So that's that's why I'm a little bit apprehensive. I'm not negative. I know, I, yeah. I think we, we need we need more players. So, you know, it's great to see that, you know. And again, still nothing is confirmed as yet with, with any of those. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. Do you buy the Callum Wilson stuff that's come out today? It makes sense. Have um, a backup option? That we, Yeah, just in case anything goes wrong. And plus... Why not go and buy both of them? Yeah. You know, if um, if the price is right, if we're not paying over the odds, I, I definitely think he's worth a punt. So do I, because I don't think we've seen the last of Ali Samata either. He got a goal at the weekend. I know it was against Wickham. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think we've seen the last of him either. Uh, and to have a stable of three strikers or even, you know, we're going to need another striker anyway. If Watkins comes in, I think we're going to predominantly see Watkins playing the right. We get more more so than not, you know. So if we're pinning yeah. out our hopes okay. and him playing up front, mm-hmm. we bring in another striker. So I don't I don't see it as, as paramount because there's also another rumour floating around today of Musa Morega, our old friend from Porto, the Malian international, who we seem to have <laughs> Yeah, we were linked to him for 30 million last year. We were linked to him for 15 million the year before. And now we're linked to him again for 12 million this year. But he's got a decent goal-scoring record in, in Portugal. You know, 73 goals, 73 goals over the last four seasons is nothing to be sniffed at. Regularly gets into double figures and scores in, in, in Europe as well. But um, he's a he's a Malian, Malian international, so we'd have Zimbabwe, we would have um, Tanzania, we would have Mali, uh, Egypt. you know, <laughs> Egypt. Yeah, yeah, we're slowly but surely taking over the African continent, which I'm all for because there is some gems to be gotten in that con- in in Africa, and I think that um, you know that that sometimes people don't sign these players because the because the old African Cup of Nations used to take them midway through the season. Um, Lastly, we're going to finish up in this one is uh, Emmy Martinez obviously had a, a banger of a game on Sunday uh, for or was it Saturday? Saturday for the um, in the in the, the Champions yeah. Charity Shield, Charity Shield, Mundi yeah. Shield, whatever Mundi they call Shield. it, you know? whatever. Yeah, yeah, what it used to be called, and um, the glorified friendly, but um, he was rumored with a ten million move at one stage last week. Uh, for me. I can't understand how Arsenal, like Arsenal, Arsenal fans should be out with the pitch for us if they let him go for 10 million, considering what he's shown in the last, in the last 15 games or so. But what are your views on it? Because I've got some views on it, uh, but what are your views first before I, I poison the chalice? I, of... I didn't see too much of him. Um, I, I didn't watch the Community Shield at the weekend. I did, I did see him in the FA Cup final and I thought, you know, this guy is, is really special and, where he's where they've been hiding him for so long, you know that they they've bought goalkeepers ahead of him rather than giving him a go. But I honestly can't see why they'd part with him now, because to me he looks like he has the potential to be a world class goalkeeper. And you know if you if you were to read what they're saying in the papers, 
that he could be first choice come the start of the season and 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 stick with him. Yeah. My view on it is more or less the same. I, I think that Arsenal, he's like he's on the crest of a wave at the moment. I always think whenever I see a sub goalkeeper come in after an injury and make a bit of an impression, I actually think back to a previous Arsenal goalkeeper. He was a Swedish guy called Rami Shaban. And he came in, he played about six or seven or maybe about eight games and absolutely lit up. Uh, the, I think they were playing the, Euro, the Europa League at the, at the time of the UEFA Cup. Lit it up. Lit up playing for Arsenal for a six or seven game uh, stretch. And I couldn't tell you where he went afterwards, but you know where he didn't go? To the top. That's where he didn't go. <laughs> didn't go to the top, did yeah. Rami Chaban. Now, Emmy Martinez is different. He's 10 years in... In, uh, in, um, in Arsenal. It, well, yeah, at Arsenal, came there when he was 17, he's 27, now he's looking to move. If he came to Villa, brilliant, absolutely love it. Absolutely oh, don't, don't get me wrong, I'd take him in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, I just, His best years are ahead of him, so uh, it'd be a great time to pick him up. Exactly, and he's getting sniffs for, for the Argentinian goalkeeper as well. But um, <laughs> my biggest thing with Emi Martinez is, right, why would he want to leave Arsenal to join another another battle when he's got the upper hand in the battle he's in already? Yes, I know Bert Leno is there, very well thought of in the, in the German setup, came in and, and was, was highly touted at Arsenal and didn't was, was pretty much bulletproof up until he got injured. But, you know, Emi Martinez has come in, he hasn't done anything wrong. And a lot of managers will say, well, it's your, you have the shirt, it's up to you to lose it. So why, why, why should he, in his own mind, feel that he needs to leave to become number one if he keeps on playing off his skin like he did. Um, so for me, it's just, there's just, I just don't see what moving to Villa does for Emmy Martinez. I see no, what it does for Villa. I just don't see what it does there, for, yeah. for, for, for Emmy Martinez, but we do need a goalkeeper. I do think we will get a goalkeeper. And I think that I don't think either Nyland or, um, or Steer will start the season uh, in Tom Heaton's stead. I think that we will have another guy between the goalposts. But as you said, three weeks until kickoff, get him in there, get him <laughs> communicating. And look, don't have a Douglas Louise situation whereby uh, maybe his command of English language isn't great because we don't want a goalkeeper that can't, can't communicate with his two exactly. centre halves. So it's been a bit of an eventful weekend. And uh, I've said it in most of the podcast, I'm, I'm feeling that we're going to see a couple of names in through the door this week. International break this week. Ideally, we didn't mention anything about Saeed Ben-Rama either, but everybody we've mentioned there, save for uh, Musa Morega, who I don't think is, is an actual target, everyone we've mentioned there is not on international break. So they, this is now probably the time to sign them, get them in, get them tested, get, a, get their medicals, and then hit the ground running with our internationals when they come back. It would make sense. So I'm looking forward to a flurry of two or three signings this year. And I hope that, I hope that we'll be happy. And look, all the names that I've mentioned there, I'm not going to go about at, at this point in time and say that we should get player A, player B, or player C. Whoever Dean Smith wants to bring in at this moment in time, I think I'm happy with. Yes, I might grumble about the prices, but <laughs> build a team before we build a brand. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. I, th- I think we'd be looking at a couple before the weekend. In, in my mind, it, it makes sense now that, you know, the, the door is all Get him training with the lads that are there. I think, I think they've got a few days off now. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, well, the players have, but... <laughs> And see what happens from, from towards the end of the week. What what way we're we're looking into it? Exactly. But um, it it is a little bit worrying, you know, because we know, we know where we need to to uh, to strengthen, and you know we're making all the right noises if you're to believe what the the media are telling you. So 
fingers crossed that we, we, we we'll uh, we'll speak next towards the end of the week or next week about a, a positive signing and uh, it can't be too far away at this stage. Exactly, exactly. Uh, there was some positive movement in the, in the Kelly House's Paddy, uh, Paddy's son Stephen uh, received his shirt today, and Paddy can <laughs> confirm that the quality of the shirt is top notch. <laughs> yeah, very impressed. Um, you know, it, it looked a whole lot better than it did online or in photos. So, um, unfortunately, the times we're in, you don't get to to go and try it on in the shop and whatever. Um, it's just a, it, it's a little bit embarrassing now that my 15 year old son is wearing the same size shirt as me so <laughs> you either you're in great shape or he's not Paddy one or the other I don't know no, he's, just getting, he's just getting big and tall I'm not in great shape but you know that anyway <laughs> I know I've uh, I, I I've gotten a couple of couple of things there. I'm really impressed with the stuff I've gotten from the store, the cap of gear this year. No, I haven't gotten the jersey, but I got a lot of the training gear yet so far. I'll get the jersey closer to the to the season. Um I had to stagger my purchases because the Minister for Finance here in the house would have copped on to how much <laughs> I was spending. Um so yeah. Um yeah. always just, advisable. Yeah, I just about I've just about finished off paying off for paying uh, or sorry trying to release the the woodworking material that I've bought over the la- oh, since covid she bought a load of load of tools that she didn't know about to start going <laughs> woodworking and I was just drip feeding them week on week uh, oh look what I got in little oh look what I got here and of course it wasn't little stuff at all but little did you know anyway that's beside the point once again another podcast we could do on that guys thanks so much for listening um really appreciate everybody who listens everybody who uh, who interacts with the podcast um I'm just going to finish up the podcast today with saying you can find Paddy at, at Villa Paddy. You can find us on, on Love McGrath Pod. Um, I do want to do one little thing. I want to have a quick little shout out. We've gotten so many people who've, who've uh, written us uh, five-star reviews and, uh, and the like on, um, on uh, Apple Podcast. And uh, I just want to read out one or two of them. And I'm horribly, horribly unprepared here. Uh, so there's just a couple of them here. This is for at villainous with a one in there as well. He said, you certainly get your money's worth the length of these podcasts, knowledgeable hosts, and especially like the semi-regular guy from the Leinster lines. Uh, I think that's you from the Munster lines, Paddy. But if Neil could only remember his Twitter handle. Exactly. I wish I could remember my Twitter handle too. Um, also, we have one from ORBI shite i think that's what it is and he says rapidly turning into my favorite villa podcast informative relevant insightful and entertaining it's always great news when the notifications come through of another pod and i have some quality listening to look forward to on the commute keep up the good work lads and the last one for today is from peter wants it um at pete wants it sorry at uh at pete wants it i think it is one of the best villa podcasts likable guys who know their stuff so guys the checks are in the post Thanks so much for the great, uh, for the, for the great written feedback as well, and for anybody who's out there who likes the podcast. Look, this isn't the vanity project. I can't believe the people comment on this stuff. It's fantastic. Um, but if you do have any nice things to say, we're always grateful to hear them too. That is fantastic. So that really wraps it up for today, guys. As I say, we will come back with any podcast that um, if we sign anyone, uh, we will come back and we will do some features on them, um, and we'll be back later on in the week as well with uh, with some more stuff. We've got a couple of things in the hopper. So basically. Basically, really, you know, stay safe. Keep up, keep it between the ditches, as the father says. And uh, until the next time, up the villa, up the villa.
Social Podcast Network.